Welcome back to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast where each week we go back. We go way back. Me and Welling, Ryan's here. We watched every episode. Sometimes people say I shit on it. I don't mean to. I'm honest. We have a Rosenbaum rating system. We rock it out. We uh, pick Ryan's favorite scene. We talk about highlights, what we remember, if anything. We talk about guest stars. Sometimes we have them on. We have guests sometimes. Thank you for joining us again this week. And, um, you know, it's important, as always, to mention our socials um, at Talkville Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok at Talkville Pod on Twitter. Please follow us. If you're listening, that's great. But following us on our handles and also um, subscribing, writing a review, these things really help. And uh, if you want to help the podcast even more, because right now we rely on people, I guess, helping the show, going to patreon.com slash Talkville, supporting the podcast. You get your name shouted out with a bunch of other perks. So patreon.com slash Talkville. Uh, and if you didn't get a chance to call into our hotline and leave a question for this episode, make sure you do it for future ones. Leave them at 20 seconds, please, or I'll snap. I love you. And all that and, and more info is down in the show's description. So if you go to the show's description, also the hotline number, which I know Ryan wants to just tell you because he just, he didn't have to, because it's on the description, but uh, Bryce doesn't put them on here for me. So he's probably rolling his eyes right now. I could, I could sense it. All right. Hotline number is 213-538-2883. That is 213-538-2883. I like that. Or Talkville. T- or 213-JET-CUTE. 213-JET-CUTE. JET-CUTE. JET-CUTE. That's Ryan's personal number, so you'll know he did it. Yeah, oh, yeah. Hi, this is Ryan. Um, and also, also a very special guest is coming on this episode. Someone who hasn't been on the show. Someone who you really want to see and hear from. I mean, he I haven't heard from him for quite a while. And he's he's working. Or she. I'm not going to say who it is, but I've kind of given it away, I guess. But uh, we'll, we'll have somebody coming on later. So hang in there. Um, all right, Tom. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Hello, Ryan. Hello, Bryce. <laughs> Ryan. Good <laughs> yes, to see you. Uh, all right. We uh, we watched two episodes. We're doing two episodes today. This is the first one. Without further ado, let's get into season two, episode 11, Visage. Uh, also, I just want to throw this out. If you go to talkvillepodcast.com, there's only like 15 uh, original pieces of art. They're prints. There's only 55 made, but there's 15 left autographed by me and Tom. If you want to get that talkvillepodcast.com along with other cool stuff, merch. And uh, so check that out. And thanks for all of you. I couldn't do it without you. Neither could Tom title visage July or January 14, 2003. It aired director, Bill Garrett writers, Todd Slapkin and Darren swimmer. Love those guys. Guest star. Eric Johnson is Whitney Fordham. Emmanuel Vogier as Dr. Helen Bryce and Lizzie Kaplan as Tina Greer. Evangeline Lilly was a background student in this episode. I didn't notice that. I would have paused it, zoomed in, and smiled. This episode was a lot of fun. Um, you know, it, the tension starts out so quickly in this episode between Clark and Lana, and then everything just got really bewildering and had me asking so many questions that then when I find out what, what actually was going on, I, I, was, I was happily surprised. Yeah, you know, I was crossed. <clears throat> This episode, I felt like, I was like, wow, we're bringing Tina Greer back? The hell? Well, you didn't know that at the beginning. Didn't, but you're like, all right. Then you see it and you're like, I, I sort of was like, oh, they. No, it's Whitney's homecoming. He deserves a soldier's, you know, homecoming, a hero's welcome. But he's acting strange and he's talking about he doesn't remember things. And, and it didn't seem like Whitney. He was a little aggressive. And then we find out that. You know, maybe Whitney's not Whitney. And and even looking back, the mannerisms and the acting style that he did matched another character that we find out he actually is, which I thought was really interesting. Yeah, I thought he did a really good job. Um, I guess it was just sort of like, what, why is he acting like this? Oh, it's not him sort of thing. Um, well, let's get into it. Look, he's back. Whitney returns home from the Marines looking to continue his relationship with Lana, but his suspicious behavior concerns Clark, leading him to uncover a secret. Lex becomes suspicious of his new girlfriend after he discovers a questionable photo of her with Lionel. The episode opens with Clark helping Lana with some publishing, publishing, plumbing issues, <laughs> plumbing issues in the town and using heat vision to do some quick welding. I mean, look, it was, um, she notices your chest, it's wet, you're ripped, it's sexy. Like I said, it starts out high tension, high tension. I like the heat vision thing. 
and I like uh, you know, I, I I thought that was pretty fun. That was that was fun. You know, it was a little a little goofy, but it was fun. I really like the beat where Clark sort of looks at Lana and he's like, yeah, and but just kind of lingers with the eye contact. <laughs> yeah, was, I, I, that was fun. That was fun. Yeah, I, I didn't have a problem. I, I definitely, I had a little fun with this. I was kind of like, okay, what kind of episode is this going to be with the music playing? It's like, all right, we're going to have a corny episode. Are we going to get into? And look, this episode definitely had its corn appeal. It had its, uh, you know, sexy teenage stuff going on. It had its drama. It had a lot of stuff going on. It was definitely isolated to be a Whitney episode and all about that. And um, there were some incredible moments and we'll get to that uh lana is taken aback by uh clark's wet t-shirt contest attire and has to collect herself as the two clean up lana shares her concerns over whitney's whereabouts because he's been mia for over a month unfortunately for clark he shipped her meteorite necklace back to her after receiving the video letter breaking things off video letter i love that video letter we then Cut to a flashback of Whitney serving in Indonesia. And by, by the way, we see him leading his platoon of soldiers who are lost and being ambushed. I thought they did a really good job making it feel like, you know, it was Indonesia. I kind of bought Dude, it. That, like, I was like, I, that, I don't know where they shot this, but I thought that was, uh, that was kind of cool. Was that was legit. I was like, su I was like happily surprised. I was like, this feels really intense. Yeah. Yeah, they changed the the frame rate. They changed the color of it. Like they they did a lot to make it feel oh, like Ryan, a, Ryan knows. Yeah, look, I mean, yeah, they, they did some technical things to you know they they desaturated it. They did, you know, because yeah, Smallville CW. The rest of it is very colorful and very Ooh, bright whatever. and saturated. And then they they took some color away and uh, they made it feel like Nam a little bit. Yeah, even though it's Indonesia, but you know, but no, like like that kind of style of movie. Yeah, and the explosions like, were really yeah. good. Uh, it felt it felt it felt good, especially twenty years ago. I thought it felt good. The next day at school, Chloe, Clark, Pete discuss the idea of uncovering secrets and people not being who they think they are. Clark runs Poor into Pete. Lana and tries asking her out to the Winterfest. She's hesitant, but he convinces her. Just after this, we see someone familiar walking down the halls. It's Whitney. Lana. What a her. moment that was! Right, the seas parting. That was that a was... pretty cool moment. And he looked handsome, marine-like, you know, just, I was like, whoa, man, stud, walking in with the marine outfit. Lana drops her books and the two reunite in each other's arms. Poor Clark. <laughs> um, Clark shares the news with his parents at home and admits that he's bummed that Lana and Whitney will likely pick things back up. Jonathan tells him to put his feelings aside and respect the veteran that Whitney is. He's a veteran. You pay some damn respect to that man. Um, was that written or was that just John Schneider? <laughs> okay. no, uh, yeah, I think it was just John. <laughs> At the Fordman's, Whitney and Lana discuss the video letter that Lana sent ending their relationship. However, Whitney is unaware of what video she's referring to. He tells her his memory's been wiped out from an explosion during time serving, which I could buy that. I thought that made a lot of sense. And, um, you know, I think it was just hard for me to sort of get into this episode and I accepted it a lot later, I started to go, okay, okay, kind of cool, kind of cool. But it took me a while. I wasn't prepared for it. It seemed out of nowhere. And Just like Lana. Lana know. felt the same way. It was just something was off. Yeah. Uh, we cut to Luther Manor where Lex confronts Helen Bryce during, before their date on a picture of her and Lionel together. And Lex is upset because Helen told Lex she didn't know Lionel. This is the second girlfriend of Lex that we've seen Lionel photographed with. He's a creep. Or is he just looking out for his son? More like licking out for his son. <laughs> Jesus. Sorry. I, I didn't know why I did that. But let me tell you, um, Lex shares how he has pried into her bank statements to trace Luther payments to her account. Helen's pissed at Lex invading her privacy, denies any wrongdoing, and storms out. I I mean, did he break into her? He invaded her privacy? He checked her bank well, account. Well, he didn't. He hired, he hired somebody to do it. He hired somebody to look into her and do a full background check. But, you know, the one, the one thing that I thought about doing this is like, and, and we should call Darren at some point. You know who probably hates listening to this podcast more than anybody else is the writers. Because they're like, they're like in a room trying to get their episodes done. And here we are, 21 years later, being like, nah, this ain't so good. <laughs> like... They must hate us. Well, no, that's not true because if you look at every episode that we talk about, there are some great episodes that we're like, we love. And there's some that are pretty good or okay. And there's some that are just not good. And that 
is just the way it goes. Look, you don't write a book and get a Pulitzer or a Nobel Peace Nobel Prize every time or any times. Doesn't mean you're a bad writer, but sometimes you write shit. <laughs> I mean, I've written a lot of shit. I've written a lot of scripts. Many of them are bad. Some of them are okay, and some of them are really good. And sometimes a script isn't. I'm not going to say this is a piece of shit. I'm just saying that uh, I'm going to move on. Lana is getting ready uh, at the Sullivan's when Chloe walks in. And by the way, I think Lex is, yeah, it's wrong to pry, but also he is a billionaire. People are always taking advantage. People always have ulterior motives. So you kind of go, okay, look, if I just want to, I just want to see that she's a real person. She has a real life. She's a real doctor and nothing too personal. And then, you know, there's a picture of her and Lionel. So if I saw a picture yeah, I don't know. I don't know why he just didn't end it. But anyway, Lana's getting ready at the Sullivan's. Chloe walks in and asks her how she's handling Whitney back. Lana says she doesn't know how to feel, but admits old feelings are coming back. She says that with Whitney, what you see is what you get. Hmm. The talent's hosting a welcome back party for Whitney, and everyone's jamming out to good old Charlotte or good Charlotte. Clark, <laughs> I, you know what? I never liked that the, the music that was around during Smallville. There was a couple of songs here and there, but that it's whole the wrong era for you. That whole it's era, just the wrong era of like that feel like that angry, like Angst. they weren't as cool as punk, like back when punk came out with the sex pistols and they're trying to reinvent that, but make it commercial and punk they're just is, complaining. It's just complaining about, um, you know, another punk, turning punk, point. punk was more like, here's what we're going to do. And then it turned into like, I'm just not happy with what's happening. That's that's right. It's like, um, what's that December song? A long December? No. Counting Crow song? No, December by the uh, December is the band? No, that song about December, uh, you know, the the um the famous band. They're like punk. They came out. They were the biggest one around then. Wake me up when September yeah. ends. Wake me Green up day. before September ends. Yeah. It's a little whiny. A little whiny. <laughs> it's whiny. Like it's a whiny time up. in our lives. The talent's hosting a welcome back party. I said that. Clark welcomes Whitney back, who senses a vibe between he and Lana, going on to suspiciously question their relationship. Um, I thought that they could have made him a little more. I think he did a great job, but the direction was a little bit like, whoa, whoa, he's overreacting, which you have to sort of, I think that the reveal would have been better if he didn't overreact so much until the end. Like he was really playing it cool. Like he did a great job, but I just was thinking, you know, what if they would have let it just sort of, you know, kind of sit. Yeah. Like more, more. Yeah. But you have to remember it's Tina Greer, but you're, you're saying like you wanted to see more of like Jonathan Taylor Thomas who played it cool. And kind of had this secret, but he knew how to operate. Tina didn't know how yeah, to. Tina's crazy, so he's playing. He's playing a crazy person, right? So that that doesn't make it, make it makes sense. When he breaks away from the party, we find him freshening up in the bathroom by destroying the stall door. Clark walks in, and Whitney tells him to stay away from Lana. The next day at school, Lana is upset at Clark, who she is told uh, she was told tore apart the bathroom in a fit of jealous rage. Clark denies it, but Lana is disgusted that he would call Whitney a liar. Later that day, Mrs. Fordman gets a visit from Lieutenant McNulty. I thought this was cool. The lieutenant is confused when he sees Whitney. But before he can explain this confusion, Whitney tees off on McNulty with a baseball bat. Whitney's mom is understandably freaked out. Now, what did you guys think of this? Because I was like, holy crap. The mother was awesome. She really snapped. It wasn't TV screaming and crying. It was like, whoa, that was visceral. And the blood on Whitney's face, it was pretty aggressive for like an, a Smallville CW show, which I kind of appreciated, guys. I mean, I, I thought it was a great way to be like, Whitney is, this is not Whitney. Yeah. And now, now why, why at that moment she didn't like flip and not look like Whitney anymore? I don't know. But uh, that was, I think it was cool. It was a good, it's good tension. Yeah, it was, uh, it was different. No, the vibe was super different. <laughs> yeah, it was. <laughs> I love it because <laughs> I looked at Ryan, who was like, I don't need to say anything. And I looked at him, he's like, oh, oh yeah, yeah. So anyway, and, he, and then he started <laughs> to add to it. Like, I don't, goes, I don't really need to say it, but okay, I'll, I'll talk. <laughs> it was funny. Uh, Whitney goes to help Lana tend to her horses. And we see another instance of Whitney not being aware that the two had parted ways when he asks her about the meteorite necklace. Whitney doesn't seem to read the room and goes on to ask Lana to move in together. She's hesitant. And Whitney believes that this has something to do with Clark. The conversation escalates before Whitney says he's sorry. And I they, did like that about Lana. He's like, I think we should live, move in together. And she's like, 
we can't move in together. Right. I like I like that she said that so quickly. And they decide to move in. Yeah. Talkville is brought to you by Good Chop. If you haven't heard us talk about this, uh, this this is unbelievable. This is an unbelievable company. Good Chop offers fully customizable boxes of high quality meat and seafood delivered to your door on schedule. I cooked some of these steaks and it was the best meat I've had. And I'm not, I want, I'm going to name drop, but I went, I won't name drop. I went to my friend Skeet's house and we barbecued and I put these on the grill and I don't know what it was, but good shop completely sold me. Uh, you can choose from over 70 high quality cuts, 100% grass fed ribeyes, USDA prime filet mignon, free range and organic chicken breast, pork tenderloin, thick cut bacon, uh, they also have wild-caught seafood, salmon, Pacific cod, scallop, shrimp, and more. Tom, have you had this? No, this is good stuff, guys. Um, I've had it all, and I want more. I mean, that's the easiest way to be say Yeah, it's... Uh, I really am. When I get these boxes, I get so excited because I know I'm going to be fed for the week. And what's great is it doesn't cost a fortune for this great. You could have quality meats. Uh, Good Chop's price per meal starts at just $3.74. And unlike a lot of companies, Tom, Good Chop sources its meat and seafood exclusively from American farms and fisheries so you can support local family farms and independent ranchers right here in the U.S. The products are vacuum sealed and frozen at peak freshness so you can stock your freezer and cook when you want, just like I do. Good Shop especially prides itself on sourcing meat that comes with no antibiotics or added hormones ever. No artificial ingredients, only the good stuff. And, you know, they're so they're so confident in this product, as am I and Tom here, uh, that they offer 100% money-back guarantee here. So love Good Shop or get your money back. This stuff's the real deal. If you want delicious meats or seafood, this is the place. Good Shop. Go to goodchop.com slash talkville120 and use code talkville120 to get $120 off across your first four boxes. That's code at talkville120 at goodchop.com slash talkville120 for $120 off. Goodchop.com slash talkville120 code talkville120. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. You know, a lot of us wish we had more time, but time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing in your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you could do more of it. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself, and it isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. Therapy can help everyone be the best they can be. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapist anytime for no additional charge. Listen, learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Talkville today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash Talkville. Clark meets up with Lex to blow off some steam by playing pool. Clark lends his ear to Lex. Who, by the way, again, everybody puts the cue ball where they want. Yeah. You know what's funny? I wonder if some of those shots when I'm playing pool is me setting up the cue ball and hoping that they're going to cut in right when it's settled. And Probably. they're using it as me putting it down as an actor. And I wonder if that was the case because that happens a lot. So it should be re-edited. Clark meets up with Lex. That's a good Clark. point. Clark lends, uh, lends his ear to Lex, who talks about his paranoia of Helen's espionage. And Clark plays devil's advocate and tells Lex that if he knew someone was investigating, he'd be ticked off too. Great line about Clark being back at the one-yard line with Lana now that the quarterback is in town. But the writer who wrote that line just like threw his pen at the head writer and walked out of the room when he wrote that. Yeah, that could have happened. I quit. Back, I quit. Back at the Foreman's, we see Whitney's mother tied up and Whitney aggressively questioning her on his favorite interests. What was I listening to on the radio back when? 
What did I, I need like? To know. Was, I need to know. I need to know. It was so truck weird. That was such a weird thing. What station did I listen to? I'm like, what? that's what you're asking your mother. How the fuck? Clark interrupts his, this interrogation to check in on Whitney. Whitney's abrasive, pushes Clark away, tells him to stay out of his life. Shortly after, Clark uses X-ray to see Whitney as a green aurora running through his body, but does not see the tied up woman inside. I mean, I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure what I was seeing when I watched it, but I I knew Clark was seeing something. Right, right, right. You gonna say something? Well, the, yeah, I'm prepared this time. Um, no, there was some green stuff inside. In, in yeah, in, in, in his body. body. Yeah, yeah, I noticed that. Yeah. So Tina Greer had that's because she can morph. That's why she has the kryptonite poisoning, so she can do that. Gives her those skills. Whitney returns inside, and we see him morph. Whitney is Tina Greer. I was always charmed by Tina Greer. There's something about her. I, I mean, I like what she was trying to do for herself. I, I think this was a big reveal and a big surprise. I was, I didn't see it coming. I was surprised. Yeah. Clark takes his suspicions of Whitney being Tina to, to Chloe and Pete in the torch. Chloe tells him that it's impossible. How, how could Chloe say anything's impossible at this point? That's impossible. <laughs> oh, really? Uh, like uh, less possible than, uh, I don't know, the one guy uh, crapping out his duplicate with Taylor Thomas or whatever, or, I mean, come on, nothing's impossible. I don't care if she goes, yeah, this girl's able to fart out uh, a, a invisible fart bubble that, I don't know, whatever. <laughs> Tina, uh, oh, Chloe tells him it's impossible because just last week, Tina offed herself. Clark goes on to tell Pete his concerns for the situation because this is the first person who has been sent to the psych ward knowing Clark's secret who may be returning. Lana overhears this conversation. Clark tries to tell her that Whitney is Lana, and she says that's crazy. Well, again, everything's crazy. Clark leaves. Pete says, uh, stays to help Lana, and we then see a dark side of Lana as she roundhouses kick, kick, roundhouse kicks Pete. Lana is Tina. I thought that was kind of cool. I just felt bad for Pete. I, I felt like, bad oh, for Pete. Pete. He just kind of gets the shit beat out of him. and But, you know, shit happens. Back at the town, Whitney urgently pulls Lana away for a discussion. Despite Lana thwarting his advances all episode, Whitney pulls out a ring and proposes the first Smallville proposal, folks. That was the first Smallville proposal. Oh, It's too far. This is too far for Lana. She's freaked out and tells him that she cannot accept this. Lana goes on to reveal exactly what she said in the video letter, breaking things off with him. While Whitney brings the conversation back to Clark, he becomes enraged, cools down, and then asks Lana for her necklace before leaving. I kind of like that. Like, he kind of just was like, okay, I'm going to be mature about this because he has ulterior motives. He knows about Clark. I like that. I he thought. was coming He was coming on real strong. Like, what was the point? Was Tina in herself in love with Lana, which... At the end of the episode, we kind of maybe feel a little bit like, why so aggressive about marrying Lana and, and you know, sinking the forks in there? It was a very vest. I think it's the direction because I think that, um, you know, because Eric's such a good actor. I think that, you know, if if things were a little more subtle and real, you know, I think they wanted this sort of like, you know, Tina Greer back to that whole thing because Tina Greer was kind of out of control. But if if you liked him and you're kind of believing it, and, oh, my God, she doesn't realize it's not him. And it made it more like I think it just would have paid off a lot better. That That's my take on it. Um, so that night at the Ken Farm, Clark meets with his father who's working in the barn. Jonathan asks Clark a few questions about the Fordham situation and then whips out the kryptonite necklace. Jonathan is Tina. Another big surprise. You can't trust anybody around here. You cannot trust anyone. Tina drags Clark Unable to defend himself down to the cellar, she binds him up and then she leaves the cellar, planning to morph into Clark to finally be with Lana. Back at the town, Lex hunts down Helen, seeks an explanation for her relationship with Lionel. We learn that Lionel wanted to help Helen to dump Lex. However, she denied. Lex tries to apologize, but Helen stops him, saying she's glad this happened because it showed her who she was really dealing with. I, I think the only thing that hurt Helen in these scenes is that she wasn't allowed the opportunity to have those lingering close-ups that Lex did. Because I think her side of it adds up. Um, but Lex has those lingering end-of-the-scene close-ups where you feel like maybe he's thinking more or not. I mean, she kind of stands up for herself. Why she ever met with Lionel Luther? I don't know. Feeding pigeons. She, maybe she gets $100,000. <laughs> like yeah, yeah. uh, I mean, but I, I just think we could have, maybe the a little more camera time would have helped her situation. You know what I think? Not to... I'm not, I'm just saying if it was her dialogue was too harsh, came off too harsh, I think she could have um, been less 
upset or aggressive and could have done it in a very more like, you know, lines like added lines like, Lex, I really have feelings for you. And this is very difficult, but I really, if this is who you uh-huh. think I am, I don't, I, you know, and we're going to pry into each other's personal lives. This is unhealthy. And that's why I'm making this decision. It could have been done in a more um, likable way. I, I just think she came off a little harsh and I don't think the audience, I, I don't know, that's me. But again, that could be direction and writing. You know what I mean? I could be wrong. Um, we cut back to the cellar and find Clark struggling to escape with kryptonite necklace around his neck. All of a sudden, we see a spaceship begin to emit light and send shockwaves through the cellar. This causes the necklace to lose its powers. Wow, what? It's helping Interesting. I, I, that was, that was kind of, I don't know. I don't know how to feel about that. That was kind of cool, but. It was kind of cool. It's kind of cool, I guess. It was. Yeah. It was I, like the, the spaceship coming to save Clark. Yeah, it's, it's part of you. The spaceship's part of you. Yeah. So I kind of yeah, I kind of buy that. I'm gonna buy that. All right. At the Sullivans, we find Tina morphing into Chloe and trying to push Lana to admit that she was in a relationship with Clark. Lana's turned off by this conversation. Lana heads to the Talon to close up. She's interrupted by Clark, who tells her she, he wants to act on his true feelings for her. And Clark goes in for an overly aggressive kiss and is interrupted by Clark. And Clark tells Clark to leave her alone. And then we have a good old fashioned. No, I'm the real Clark situation, Lana says. The trigger word, freak, and Tina conveniently throws her into a wall, knocking her out. Lana, knockout number two this season. This is so crazy to watch that because I did not remember doing it. So Clark and Tina take the fight outside. The two kick the crap out of each other, and the fight ends with Tina accidentally impaling herself on a piece of metal, ending her own life for real this time. The episode ends with a proper send-off of a Whitney of Whitney who died in action, learning that the lieutenant who visited was going to notify Mrs. Fordman of the passing. That poor guy. Clark reflects on the courage of Whitney without any powers and questions whether or not he would do the same in his position. Lex meets up with Helen apologizing and saying he doesn't want to become like his father. I thought it was a little cheesy, but it was it was it was nice, I guess. It's just a little too like too much. Figure fi- a little figured out. You know, you know what I didn't out. like about it? You know, you know what? Here, here's what doesn't work. Here, here's why it doesn't, it didn't work for me. Because we went from zero to a hundred with this relationship. He met her. Remember when he hit the car with the golf club and then he went to uh, anger management? We haven't seen them hang out. We don't, nothing's happened. All of a sudden they're in a relationship and they're, they're, they're crying to each other about trust. There's nothing that's established. They haven't even had a date. This is, honestly, this was the biggest bullshit. This is why it upset me, that storyline. It was just nonsense. It was, uh, but I think the idea was that you were getting it out. You know, let let me get this out so we can start. I just felt like it could have been one more episode where there's just an ep- a scene or two with me, with her. We've been dating for a couple of months, whatever, and then have it. It just was like, all of a sudden, you're, you're like, well, who? a lot of people are probably like, who is she? Oh, and I know, but uh, yeah, I know, but you know, as well as I know, like they're paying you as a guest star and they're not going to have her come in like that. You know what I mean? Like they got to, they got to fit it all in. I mean, that's just, that's what bothered me, but I didn't get it. But anyway, it's fine. It's fine. Should I call Al? No. What's call Al today? We get played out to Mad World as Lana and Clark talk in the caves. By the way, I covered the song Mad World. The cover of the cover? <laughs> If you're shopping while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast, then you know and love the thrill of the hunt. But are you getting the thrill of the best deals? Rakuten shoppers do. They get the brands they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Macy's, Adidas, Walmart, Nike, Wine.com, Samsung, Lenovo, Sephora, and more and even stack sales on top of cash back. It's easy to use, and you get your cash back through PayPal or check. The idea is simple. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers, and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. 
If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. With Indeed, everything hiring is all in one place and it makes it so easy. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences each day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. The more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash podcast. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right. All right. So Lada just found the caves. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. What to do. I know mom. So, so Martha's like, oh, Clark's down in the caves. And Lana's like, oh, I know where that is. Like, yeah. It's only an episode ago. It's only been a thousand years that they've been looking for these caves. Hang on a second. You're right, Tom. Wasn't this like supposed to be a secret? Remember when the girl found the, the caves in this particular area? That was like something they've been looking for since eternity for, uh, for eternity. And like, Hey, oh, so you want to go to this really important room in the caves. Um, so you want to either fall through the ground where their bikes did, or you could walk 10 miles into the caves from this opening where, and you want to make a left at this cave and then a right here and where it says uh, a picture of this dragon. It's I think it's a green dragon. You want to make a right there. I, I mean, suspension of disbelief, I guess. Lana's good. Lana's good. Uh, Lana is heartbroken and feels guilty for the video she sent. She is upset that everyone in her life is disappearing and does not want to lose Clark. Let me tell you something. This was the best scene of the show. This was the most impactful. And just when I was like, oh, this episode, not so sure, whatever. This, I was like, this, it should have been more about this. It should have been more about people we like. I, I don't know. It just felt it just was awesome. This this scene was really she was so good and you were so good at listening to her and like the two of you it was magical. It was like you forgot about the rest of the rest of the episode and realized oh, this is what we came to see. This is the show. But the next episode by the way I'm going to let you guys know that I really liked it and there's a reason and you'll see when you watch it. When you get a lot of characters together, integral characters, integral parts of the show. Let me just say important characters that we like and we want to follow and they're all interacting and the stories are running parallel and they're sort of, it's so interesting. It's so, uh, attention grabbing, compelling, compelling. And that's why, you know, I have to sort of like be honest about the episodes that either kind of work or don't work because then there are those great episodes where I'm like, this is why I watch the show. And that next one, I think, is is a prime example. And uh, I didn't hate this episode, but that last scene really uh, was nice. Uh, interesting things to note, Evangeline Lilly, as we said, makes her second of five appearances in Smallville as a mute extra here. A mute? A mute extra? Yeah, just say non-speaking. Non uh, yeah, I don't say mute. Jesus. Evangeline Lilly makes her second of five appearances in Smallville. With Whitney's appearance at the beginning, this is the final episode to feature appearances by all eight members of the original cast. In this episode, Lana sees oh. Clark as jealous again. This is interesting since after Clark had saved Lana and Chloe from Ian, they, Lana and Chloe, promised to not see Clark as the jealous boyfriend. The fight sequence between the two Clarks originally had more choreographed shots, but had to be cut down to five. Well, great. I'm glad we did all that. Well, we've got a great guest here where I'm excited to mention this. But lo and behold, he's here. I'm excited. He's filming something, but he's taking the time. Everybody welcome Eric Johnson, your Whitney. Okay, guys, I'm very excited about this. Look who's here. Finally got him on the podcast. He's been busy. Welcome, Eric Johnson. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's good to see you oh guys. Oh, my gosh. It's only been a hot only 19 or 18 years. Well, yeah. I saw him. I saw <laughs> him. I was like doing that. the show Impastor, and you were filming 50 Shades, the second one, right? That's right. Yeah. That's the last time we saw each other. Quick hugs in the in the studio. Yeah. Where are you right now? Are you in Edmonton? Yeah. Toronto. 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 Wait, quick, quick Toronto. question. When yeah. you saw Michael in the uh, parking lot and you told him what you were doing, did he try to visit set? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no. 
No, he was too busy starring yeah. and, and, and running his own show. That's a little bit busy. I was a little busy. It got canceled. But anyway, uh, yeah. so listen, we're, we're pumped to have you. I mean, yeah, I, I don't know if you you knew this. I mean, you should know it, but you you were an integral part of this this show and you were one of us and you know it, it sucked that you know you weren't able to be with us for years to come and i know that was probably really difficult for you especially at the time it was so many years ago when you were young but did you did you think that you know when the, you got you were uh, a regular did, did they tell you ahead of time that you might not like this was going to happen or, or did you just not know anything no, I mean, I was, I think I was like the last to know a few times <laughs> about what the plans were. Uh, you know, I caught wind in when we were shooting season one that they had talked about uh, uh, killing off Whitney in season one. And then that got pushed back. Uh, and then when they sat me down and said, like, hey, you're not going to be coming back as a regular, which was like, obviously, you know, disappointing and uh i had a lot of fun well they and, never and, and they never uh, tell you soon enough that you can actually go okay cool i'm gonna go get another job yeah. right right actually i think it wasn't it wasn't too bad i mean it was before it was before the end of this season well, one i kind of i kind of had an idea uh and they sort of sat me down i said well like what are we talking about how many how many what are we how many episodes am i going to do next year and they're like well like six and i think it was just like a number that they pulled out of their hat and uh to maybe make the meeting not feel so awkward. Um, and then in terms of like Whitney's fate, I didn't know until I read the script, which was, again, I think I was like the last to know. <laughs> so well, we, we've was, been uh, watching. That was a, that, that was an interesting We've read. been watching all these episodes and, you know, we, Michael shits on the episodes a lot. We make fun of them and what could have been. <laughs> and there's a lot of scenes, you know, where the tension that Whitney brings to the Clark Lauder relationship, even, you know, hey, watch over my girlfriend mm -hmm. when I leave and then comes back. And you're actually Tina Greer. And yeah. two big things stand out. There's when before. Before Whitney goes off to war, he he has this beautiful romantic picnic down at the pond. And yeah. he's like, hey, I just wanted this special time with you to let you know that I'm leaving. And we were like, what? Yeah. This is, that must have been fun to shoot. <laughs> and then the other one was when they showed Whitney, you know, overseas fighting and how they how they yeah. changed, they lensed it differently and it felt like a different thing and it felt really real and almost ahead of its time. Yeah. Those two things really stand out to me. But um, I mean, it was, I don't know. I just really, it's fun watching you work on the show. Oh, thanks, man. I, it, thank you. It's funny. I went back and I, I watched it today that, you know, this, this episode, and I haven't seen it since it aired. And uh, it was amazing. First of all, how <laughs> we were all babies. <laughs> and uh, that was, that was a bit hey, of a man. shock. Um and uh, it was like, I just, you know, getting to watch it with a different eyes and a different lens now and, and looking at it with such uh, uh, love and adoration as opposed to at the time, which was it was a little bitter, bittersweet. Yeah. So getting to see it in a different lens was was awesome and getting to see all you guys <laughs> and again, just being in the show. The uh, when you read Visage, was there part of you that was yeah. like. F these guys. I'm not doing this. I'm not going back to do this episode where I die. I don't have to do this. Was there anything, you know, you're young, you're like, you're probably irritable. You're a little bit like, you know. No, it was funny. It was funny because it wasn't, it wasn't an easy, it wasn't an easy thing. Uh, it was like, you know, they, when they said, oh, we want you for this episode. I'm like, well, and we started negotiating. Well, how many episodes are we talking about? Because if it's like, you know, if it's one or if it's four, if it's five, maybe we're negotiating a little differently. And they said two. And then I'm like, okay. Uh, but then the negotiations were, again, not me, but they weren't, weren't going well. And then they settled on uh, where they settled. And then I read and that it was just one. So it was like, there was a little bit of a, uh, and for me, it was a bit of a nephew. And also, thanks for the heads up. I had to read this and nobody told me. So there was a little bit of like F you, um, but my F you actually came later. <laughs> I had come back to do a flashback episode in season four and I had another job that I that I had to go to. I literally had to go to the airport that day. And I said, look, I'm available, but I got I have to leave at 2.30. So I'll come in, I'll do this scene. It was like some big um, like pep rally scene. And uh, and I came in, it was just like on the this loudspeaker and I'm there at like you know, six thirty in the morning. I'm just sitting around, sitting around, sitting around, sitting around. And suddenly, I'm like, I, I'm telling them, like, look, I have to go. And they're like, hey, no. and I'm like, okay, I'm leaving. <laughs> and then it's like chaos. I'm like, no, 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 you can't leave. I haven't shot you yet. And like, that's not my fault. I told you. And uh, 
And so I stuck around and I remember the director, uh, Pat Williams, who I ended up becoming a really good friend with. He says, I need you. I haven't turned around on the scene at all. Nobody told oh, me. And I'm like, it's fine. You got 15 minutes. And then it was like this chaotic shoot of 15 minutes trying to get this whole other half of the scene. Ran to the airport. Didn't miss that. That's my crazy. Flight. It just, you know, what, what do you remember, though, yeah. like from the uh, sort of the, the start when you got how many people did they audition for Whitney? And were you did you audition for Clark ever? I did. <laughs> Named one of the best personal finance podcasts, The Stacking Benjamin Show with Joe and his friends makes financial literacy fun. I got an email today from the LenPenzo.com HR department. I find oh. it really interesting. I'm an employee of one at this company, so but somebody from the HR department sent me an email telling me that I had a raise. If I just opened the attachment, I could see how much my raise was. Make sure you click on the links that are in there, too. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah, I can't wait. This is I'm excited. Find out more by searching the Stacking Benjamins podcast wherever you listen. Hi there. Sorry for the interruption, but are you enjoying this show on Google Podcasts? You should know that the Google Podcasts app is going away this spring. That's right. Going away, gone, as in no longer available. You can still enjoy this show elsewhere, though. Try out Spotify or Amazon Music, or maybe TuneIn is more your style. Whatever app you switch to. Be sure to follow so you never miss the next episode. And thanks for listening wherever you listen. That was the first, that was the first audition. And I'd had a, a bit of a relationship with David Nutter before that because I had auditioned for him a couple of yep. times. And uh, and he was always such a uh, a lovely human being and such a champion of people. Um, so, but that was my first, um, uh, you know, crack of this, you know, back when they, you know, do the wide casting call. Uh, and then, and then they said, we want you to read um for whitney and my reps are like fly yourself down to la and i go no i said no yeah. i'm not doing it i said they know me yeah david Nutter knows me i'm not flying myself down you know and uh my reps were so mad <laughs> and uh and then eventually they came back and they, they 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 flew me in for the tests and i did the tests and and it all worked out and i remember just sitting there and and uh reading opposite david nutter and he's just like giving me absolutely everything he can to so that i can land this 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 job and i pretty much had a panic attack after i got wow. the job i like totally freaked out i remember getting the call in my like uh hotel room and i was supposed to like my agents are all super excited and like we got meetings lined up for you we're gonna you're gonna meet all these people and i immediately got on the phone changed my flight to the very next flight out of la and got the heck out of dodge because i was like what does this mean i know my life has changed and this is kind of crazy it, it, so it was all a bit it's crazy so, it's so funny to me that um both yours mine michael's our 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 audition process as actors we were all there's moments of such reluctance for us to just say yeah like <laughs> like right? i said i said no for like months at the beginning michael said no to going back yeah. in he's like no i i'll never be able to mm -hmm. be that good again they saw me that's it you're like no i'm not flying down on my own dime yeah. i think kristen was the only one who actually went to a casting and got the job and no problems <laughs> Maybe that's what it is. Maybe that's the secret is you just got to keep telling them no until they're yeah, interested. Maybe. Hey, I um, mean, you know, I remember, do you guys remember the table read when we all got together and we read the episode? I can remember like it was yesterday. I remember where I was uh, sitting. I remember seeing everybody. Yeah. I remember being around all these beautiful people and we were all just like, oh, wow, this is, this is crazy. I just remember the energy, like all the producers yeah. and everybody there. Yeah. It was nerve wracking. Do you guys remember it? I don't. I was probably yeah. too terrified because I didn't know anything. <laughs> at all yeah what, what else do you remember i i remember just the excitement of again yeah with the the excitement was palpable like everybody was super super excited um i remember just the thing that i remember so much about shooting the pilot too was just david nutter's enthusiasm just his his love and care for smallville and superman was so tangible it was like he couldn't help but get hyped to do it uh, when he was around and meeting all you guys, which was like, uh, amazing. I felt like this idiot kid from Canada who snuck into the party. Um, you, you know, was, I can, uh, I can relate to yeah, that because I guarantee that I felt, cause I felt like this way on set for like two years. I always been like, wow, I'm just, I'm, I'm the guy who gets to hang out with all these actors all the time. Cause I didn't ever think of myself <laughs> as an actor. I was just trying to like play catch up did, all the time. How long did that take before you felt, felt like you belonged? Well, I think that we saw some things in season two and Michael touched on them too. I, we could see, I, we could see my, 
by acting, maybe being a little more confident, like maybe reacting in ways that yeah. maybe weren't written, but still worked. Like there's a part, there's a part where in this episode where Lex takes a, a nine iron to a meter maid's uh, windshield. And when he tells Clark what happened, Clark kind of laughs like, oh, all right, you know, and I, I'm pretty sure that was me mm. playing that, not just Clark going right. like, oh, you know, Lex, that's not ice or something. So it started to loosen up right. a little bit. Um, I, I noticed like they, you're for your character, Eric, and for like Sam's and there just was sort of not to be disrespectful, but there was sort of, a, I mean, look, they couldn't service everyone. There was a lot of characters, but I think it was yeah. more of a disservice to you and to Sam because there wasn't, they didn't give you great storylines. I mean, I remember the one where you're invisible with those guys and like, you know, you have the kryptonite. Yeah. So it's like, you know, you were capable of so much and it's like, you know, it would have been cool to see some more. I'm sure you were like wanting some of that to prove yourself too. Well, I, I do know there was, I do know early on there was another episode where um like uh where the 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 you know the freak of the week kind of picked on whitney <laughs> and and they're like wow we've we've kind of already done that already <laughs> like he's he's already kind of been beat up a bit as he lost his truck his, his dad's dead like you know, we can only do this so many times so I, I think they they kind of they kind of scrapped that i i mean uh, look i'm for me i am such a I, you know, I, I haven't changed. I'm still just like a, a golden retriever who just <laughs> goes to set and is so happy people are throwing the ball. I just want to be there when people are throwing the ball. I'm not a very complicated man. I love it still. I'm, it, it's just like, just throw the ball all day. I'll be I'll be so happy. And it's like, I could be grumpy about it. I'm like, no, I'm not flying myself down. And then I get the set and I'm bouncing around like an idiot. It's, uh, I, I yeah. have a quick question and I don't know if you have the answer to this, but one of the things that when we had Kristen on, we made fun of her, uh, especially at the beginning, because we could see her not trying to not speak Canadian with an accent. Right. <laughs> like you could see her like trying not to at times. And then we'd catch her a couple of times and she's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you never, yeah. You, yeah. you don't sound Canadian at all. Uh, oh man, I had to work hard on it. Like what, when I first started like auditioning and, and doing work, you know, I was like, I was like a young teenager. And uh, I remember I, I had gone in for this Disney show and I was, I was testing for it and I was, I was excited and I'm like, Hey, this would be great. I was like 17 or something like that. And uh, the whole scene was me going, well, how about this? And how about this? And how, and they're like, they go like, Eric, can you just like, you're sounding very Canadian. Can you just do this scene and just, just don't say the word about. And then I'm like on the fly trying to figure out different ways to say, how about this? Like as I'm doing the audition and then the feedback was like, yeah, you really struggled with the lines after. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to rewrite as we go. So I realized that instead of saying sorry, I would have to say sorry for the rest of my life or else I'd get myself into trouble. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Want to go for a rip there, bud? Yeah, going for a rip, eh? Yeah. <laughs> you hang around enough hockey players to know the lingo. It, uh, it doesn't take long. What are you doing? It doesn't doing? take long. Oh, man. Uh, lots of different stuff. Like, uh, I'm, I've been very uh, lucky. Um, you know, I've done, I did three films back to back this fall, which was fun. And um, like I said, I'm just like, uh, just the the that stupid kid who's just super excited to show up and do new things and and uh, still having fun with it, which is like that's always a litmus test for me. Is if I'm still having fun and it's still exciting and I can still be you know find new things and learn new things. And do you have any uh, of that extra? Do you have any of that I, extra it, sauce you can let Michael have? <laughs> Like the fun yeah. sauce? Do you enjoy it? You got to come on my podcast inside you. The fans would go crazy. Done. You hear that? He promised. Done. He, he just he just wants Let's to do it. He just it's wants done. to throw the ball. Can you bring a tennis ball? Just throw the bring ball. Bring a tennis man. ball and throw it back <laughs> and forth ball. during your interview. Do you ever, did be, you ever come to LA? All the time. I was just there. It was cold. I had no power <laughs> for three days, dude. So he here's wow. a, here's another funny thing. Wow. So Michael has an electric truck. So the power goes out. Yeah. His cell phone only works at the top of the hill he lives, which is if you walk it, it's pretty steep and probably takes 15, 20 yeah. minutes. So he can't charge his truck or his phone. And he's got to walk to the top of the mountain to make phone calls, knowing he won't be able to charge his phone soon for three days. This is this is the problem of living in the future. You're trying to be environmentally friendly and you're getting screwed. And then the environment gets you. That's crazy. What movies? Are you allowed to say which movies that you did that are coming out or anything that's coming out that we could watch? Uh, well, one of the ones I'm excited about is actually shot in Mexico. This uh, starring Michael Pena and it's called A Million Miles Away. Mike. And it's about... Uh, 
Yeah, it was we uh, uh, we had a great time, um, and it's about the the first Mexican American astronaut huh. uh, to go to space, and it's based on a true story. It's an amazing story. It's it's really beautiful, and um, you know, it was it was uh, awesome to be part of a, a feel good story and not necessarily be you know a horrible person on screen, which is typically what I do. Oh, I love it, just like in Smallville. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> play playing the not so nice. Guy. Yeah, it was yeah. so. It, that's a, not an easy role to play because look, everybody. It's a built-in audience for people to. The whole show supports Clark, right? And you know the yeah. longing for Lana, and for you to play her boyfriend. Mm. I mean, it's just everybody already kind of doesn't want you there anyway. Well, you know, and I also like started things off on a pretty rocky foot by stringing you up in a cornfield. So it's like there's a. True. It's not. It's not an easy path to redemption. There, you know. It's a little. It's a little rocky. The good, the good news. I, good I news is say, it didn't hurt. It didn't hurt, Clark. Right. Well, that's good. <laughs> I will say the the this this episode that that we're referencing uh, it uh, that was a hell of a way to go out. Like that's that sequence that you had mentioned earlier, yeah. Tom, or or uh, they shot it differently. We had seven cameras rolling on that wow. sequence. We had the helicopter up in the air, uh, and uh, yeah, it was that was a that was a hell of a fun day. The water was freezing. <laughs> Uh, but it was a hell of a fun day and, and yeah, that was, that was, that was a cool way to go out. And like the explosions in that sequence left very little doubt in anybody's mind. Were, were they, the were they practical? Did they blow things up in front of you guys or was it post? Oh yeah. Yeah. It was awesome. Wow. Yeah. So it was, uh, it was fully practical Pete Moss explosion kind of thing, but that was, uh, that was an arrogant to be an action movie dude for a day and it was a blast. So I can see why so many people want to work with you and why you're doing all these projects because just working with you for a year, you could just, I mean, it was a joy. You always had a good attitude. You were always, always knew yeah. your lines. You're always on point. You nailed it. You were just, uh, you're a pro and it sounds like, you know, people see that and that's why, you know, you continue to work and oh, I appreciate that. You know? Yeah. I think the term, the, well, you know what I, oh, I was ahead, just going to say one of the terms they say is uh, value added, you know, and I think that I always felt you were, you were always very calm and, sure. and it seemed, you know, you seem prepared and easy to be around and fun to be around. And, you know, I'll make fun of Sam Jones. Sam Jones was prepared, but always like terrified that he was going to fall down or he was going to mess up. And it was like a different energy or something, you know? So it's like, <laughs> you know, I just always, I knew you were good, which meant I was good, you know, that kind of thing. And, you know, we, we all, all three of us got to work with Christian so much. She was always great. So that made it easier. Yeah. 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 No, absolutely. It was, it was a very easy set to come into. And I mean, I also had a lot of time to look over my material. <laughs> so <laughs> I better, I better, uh, I better be prepared when I'm walking in. Uh, you know, I'm going I'm to harass you to come yeah. on, on the other podcast so we can get a real long conversation. And thanks, Eric. Be Eric well, Johnson, Whitney. I love it. I love that guy. Such a sweet guy. He's great. Never complain, nothing. No, man. He just took things in stride. He really did. Um, and now it is time, folks. Are you ready for the hotline, Ryan? I'm ready for the hotline. All right, we we I definitely think we need something hot like music, something like burning down down. I hope Jason did that. Let's find something that we could stick with, some hot, some hot hotline stuff. Uh, here we go. We're gonna just jump into these are the patron privileges. This is Mickey. Mickey, talk to me now. Talk to us. Oh hey guys, it's Mickey from North America. Envisage Clock and Likes only have one scene together, and it doesn't really impact the rest of the episode. This has happened a few times throughout the series. Do you guys feel that sometimes these scenes are just kind of shoehorned in there just to remind the audience that Clock and Likes are still in fact friends? Uh yes, we heard from uh, Al couple episodes ago that there was you had to have a clark and lex scene in in a certain act at a certain time you had to have it yes all right this is michael here we go michael nice shirt kent farms michael hey all it's michael Pacioni from texas in the episode visage eric johnson returns as whitney and while the homecoming was short-lived i'm curious if you recall any talks on the set before filming this episode about having eric return as a recurring guest or was whitney's fate already planned no idea no one ever told us that stuff yeah all I knew that he wasn't a regular anymore, right? He wasn't on the credits. He was recurring. And um, I don't know. But uh, good question. Thank you, Michael, again, for coming on. Here's Moose. I think it's Moose. Moose? Moose. Hi, it's Moose from Richmond, Virginia. Um, specifically, can you talk a little bit about how the filming of the fight scene between you and the Tina Greer who's playing you went? Obviously, there's some CGI involved. But when it came to the actual filming, how did that work? Thanks. You know, that's a good question. 
when I, watching the episode, I didn't remember doing it, but I'm pretty sure that it was me and my stunt double time, Chris Sarah, who was awesome, who probably made it really cool. It begs the question, why does she stay in Clark's look for the fight? Does that give her an advantage or not? I don't know, but that's maybe neither here nor there. But um, I, I'm sure we had a good time doing it. And as Michael said earlier, there's about four times as much of that fight than what you see. Uh, but I'm sure Chris and I had a good time doing it. Natalie. Her name might have been Ruth instead of Moose. I couldn't, I couldn't hear it. I'm sorry if I messed your name up. She's like, it wasn't Moose, you jerk. Hi, this is Natalie from Michigan. I was wondering if you guys happen to notice the relationship between Ellen and Les in this episode. My viewpoint in the initial conversation between them is she very quickly burns it around on Les and saying that he's crazy. He's invading her privacy with the background check. Almost feels like she's sort of gaslighting him. Just wondering if you guys kind of picked up on that too. Yeah, I, I, well, I gaslighting. She was too aggressive, but yeah, he was prying into her personal, but like protecting himself. It's not right, but like she's hanging out with his dad. Uh, I, it's uh, I don't know. I don't know. I think um, yeah, gaslighting. I think is a good word for that. I felt I felt that. Did you, Ryan? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Nothing. nothing Thomas. Further. No, I just I I think I think there's. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Go ahead. <laughs> no, go go. I'm kidding, Tom. No, it's not important. Let's go, Thomas. Thomas. Hey, this is Thomas calling from Chicago. In this episode, Whitney dies. Did you find Whitney's death to be a bit underwhelming? To me, it always felt like for such a big character for the first season that he deserved at the very least an on-screen death. But to me, at least, it felt a little underwhelming and sort of lessened the impact of a fairly big character death. I don't know. What do you guys think? Tom, what'd you think? Yeah, it, it did feel like Tina's actions overshadowed the, the magnitude of the loss of Whitney. I do agree. I think, yeah. I agree with that wholeheartedly. Dylan. Hello, Dylan. Let's see if you have a nice question for us. Hey, this is Dylan Camp from uh, Coney Island, Brooklyn. I just thought it was kind of funny that uh, Whitney's dad, you know, he got a more emotional send-off, a good funeral. Uh, and Whitney, you know, he didn't get any of that. He just gets blown up, you know, doesn't get no funeral. Time after time doesn't play, nothing. I just thought it was kind of funny, and I was curious about what you guys thought about that. <laughs> no funeral, time, time after, after time, time doesn't, doesn't play. play Dylan, I love you. That was genius. Yeah, he didn't get a good uh, send-off. You're right. There should have been a funeral. There should have been something. This is a character saying goodbye to a character, uh, you know, nail in the coffin, the proverbial coffin. This is like saying goodbye. I, I, we, we agree with you. We agree. Time after time should have played, or at least a cover of it. Here's Sophie. Hi, boys. It's Sophie here in Australia. There's a number of great female guest stars in that episode. You've got Lizzie Kaplan returning as Tina Greer and Emmanuel Rougier as Dr. Helen Bryce. Really enjoying her work as Helen, and obviously she's got lots of scenes with you, Michael. I'm just wondering whether you can tell me what it was like to, to work with her. I think you guys had really great chemistry. Thank you. You know, I loved working with Emmanuel. I thought she was good. She played off me well. She listened. She was team player. We laughed constantly. Um, I really enjoyed her. We've been friends ever since. Um, in fact, I just talked to her because she's going to come on the podcast. She's going to do it. So she'll be on. Um, yeah, I, I, I enjoyed working with her very much. Here's Margaret, the last question. Here we go, Margaret. I know Margot. Do people call you Margot? No, because my name's Margaret. Hey, y'all, this is Margaret calling from Georgia. So, Tom, I'm just curious, when you're playing yourself, playing as Tina, and you're in that fight scene, looking back at it, do you think you were going for, like, funny, campy at all? Because your delivery of some of those lines makes me laugh every single time I watch this episode, especially when you scream, why won't you just die? So, I'm just curious. Love the podcast. Thanks, y'all. Thanks, Margaret. I, I, it's funny because I, I, I was surprised by that moment too. I think what I did at the time was try to play a little more petulant, um, a little more like, how come I, I'm just not going to get my way with you. And I think that was the a very small difference between that, because if I just played Clark, like a mimic of Clark, that wouldn't have worked. But I think that Tina just, she just was sort of like, why doesn't everybody just do what I tell them to do? You know, like almost like a child. So um, I, 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 if I, I mean, from what I saw, I think that's what I do. Yeah. Or what I, I did. I think you played it really well. I thought it was fun. I thought it was fun and uh, had to be fun for you doing that. Uh, international folks, this is Rhea, Rhea, Rhea. Uh, you could really feel Lana's pain in the last scene. How do you guys prepare for a crying scene? Can you cry on cue? Um, you know, I don't think it's something you can prepare for. You can't just practice crying. I, I, I've seen actors do it. 
Yeah, I've some people watch themselves in the it. mirror. I have to think if I'm going there, I'm going to have to get there. And I'm not going to get there on take one. It might take five takes to get there. I might need to scream. I might need to do whatever. I might need to pinch myself. I might need to think about sad shit in my life. Um, but I, I kind of try to let it happen naturally. Yeah. You? Everybody has a different process. And what's really tough is when the script calls for crying. It's it's almost that's kind of the worst part because they're ask, they're asking for a result. And a lot of times in performance, it's, it shouldn't be result oriented. Um, so it is a when it's in the script, it's an added stress. All right. Thank you for all your questions. 213 Jet Cute. <laughs> that's the number. Um, look. This is a Rosenbaum rating. Here we go. Rosenbaum rating system. Um, we're going to go with Ryan first. Remember, three roses is the best. Three bombs is the worst. What are you going to do, Ryan? Um, Be honest. Honestly, I, 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 I feel like I gave last week's too high of a rating. Um, so I'm going to give this one a 1.5. I think this one is actually a 1.5 for me. One and a half roses. That's, yeah. that, that's a really good score. That's like I, a good episode. I enjoyed it. And, you know, I... I don't know. I think um, uh, I uh, the reveal of Tina was was kind of exciting because she's a good character to watch and she is uh, she's an engaging actor. And it was I don't know. I guess it, it sucks that Whitney didn't really get the send off. I guess, uh, but I I think didn't bother you too much. I, I don't. I think like I don't think they knew what to do with him. I yeah. think his contract was up, and they're like, "Well, we got to kill you now." Yeah, <laughs> I think maybe. I think that got cut up in some red tape. That's Tom. What I think. I think it's a really good one. Really good one. A good one rose. Um, I'm going to give it a heater right down the middle. It's not bad. It's not good. Would I recommend it? Nah, some fun moments, but I just didn't love it. I didn't really think it was kind of like I, it's forgettable for me. I don't I, I think I'll forget about this really quickly. Um, and you know, I'll also bring something to your attention, Tom, Ryan. Mm. Um, I, I am I am tougher and I, I think I have I, I'm understanding why I think that there's a part of me that just wants, you know, the reality is Smallville was a show on the CW. It was a great show for them. Groundbreaking. I'm grateful. I love the show. Um, there were some unbelievable episodes. And I guess, and I know, because I've told this to the audience and I've told it to people. It, again, you can't make 22 amazing episodes every year. It's impossible. And I know all that. I guess there's just part of me that's like, when I see how great the show can be, I go, oh, I just want it to be great all the time. It's like, you know, it's like when you go and do stand up, you know, I went to stand up. And if I kill it one night, I'm like, oh, I didn't quite kill it. Or, or I was OK. I was like, gosh, I, I want that moment. I want to be I want it. I want it to always be like it. I Like I've seen at times. And so I know that's not fair, but um, I'm just tough like that, I guess. But um, I do. Um, I still enjoy watching these episodes. There's no doubt about it. I, I, you know, it's 40 minutes of my life and sometimes I fast forward a little bit, like if someone else is talking, but, um, no, I'm kidding. Um, all right. I'm going to, I gave this a heater, the death and save count. How many people got saved? How many died Four dead? Tina Greer kills someone in faking her death and a Lieutenant. She dies. Whitney dies Four dead. Could be the most deaths in any episode. Lana got knocked out again. Lana got knocked out again. One save Clark saved by the ship i still don't quite understand how that all worked out but yeah i don't either through 11 episodes in season 2 16 dead 18 saved series 46 dead 53 saved and now it's time for ryan's favorite scene um okay hold on let me assemble my notes here tom's been killing it this year so far bastard all right the three scenes are uh scene one whitney's return in the hall's parting scene two the ship saving clark Scene three, hot Clark on Clark action. Oh, tough. Oh, that's a tough one. Rosie, you go first. <laughs> what was the second one? Uh, the second one was the ship saving Clark. I know. I have a bad feeling that Ryan's going to say it's that one. He kind of he kind of likes the scenes that work for the, over the overall storyline stuff. This is crazy. Oh, man. I want to say Whitney because that was such Could a cool I. moment. I mean, and, and, the show, and, and the scene with Whitney is like the opening scene. So would he give it to the opening scene or would he give it? It's one of those two. I, I hate myself for saying this, but I'm going to say. I already wrote mine down. It's Whitney. It's the opening scene. I'm going to go with Ship. <laughs> oh, I went with the Clark on Clark. Oh, my God. He went Clark on Clark at the end. Han. 
Oh, Ryan. I did. Who are you? I thought it was fun to see Tom try to do something else and then try to fight himself and, you know, the why wouldn't you die? I thought it looked like you were having fun, Tom. Fair enough. I, I, you know, you got to track the emotions on both sides. That's for sure. Thank you for appreciating that. That's not an easy thing to do. Uh, uh, I'd like to say one thing. Um, this episode, you, maybe you don't see it because Jason's an amazing editor, but we've had a lot. We had a lot of technical issues. And so if it's put together, great. You owe it all to Jason. Jason Nelkin, we love you. Thanks. We had a lot of disconnections and things like that. And uh, I know he's got a lot to work with. But um, thank you, Jason. And uh, thank you all. That's it for the episode. Stick around next week. As in the words of Jeff Loeb, who we love, Smallville meets Die Hard with season two, episode 12, Insurgents. Let's take the discussion online. Let us know your thoughts on the episode over on our socials at Talkville Podcast or at Talkville Pod. Please subscribe. Join Patreon, patreon.com slash Talkville. Help the podcast out. Keep it going. It's up to you. And uh, if you want more info like merch from the show or our hotline number, you can find all that in the description. Remember, folks, always hold on to Smallville. Thanks, Tommy. Thanks, Ryan. Thanks, guys. Thanks, everybody. Much love. All right, now it's time for the uh, top tier patrons. Couldn't do this without you. I say it every time, but Tom and I really mean it. It's just like it's impossible to do this without you. Thank you for your support. Go to patreon.com slash talkville and become a patron of the day and support the podcast. We need your love. Let's do the shout outs, Tom. Take us away. I will. And real quick, uh, we wouldn't do this without you. We couldn't. And it's fun to meet you guys when we do at the conventions and whatnot. So thank you. So here we go. Nikki G, Leon P, Raj C, Janine R, Santiago M, Leah S, Little Lisa, Thomas, the leaf blower. Well done, Thomas. <laughs> Sophia M, Betsy D, Liliana, Liliana A. I'll take it over. Liliana A, Abby P, Ray H. Uh, Karen Apple M, Danielle B, 99 more, Lalani N, Brett, you're lucky I did that one. Brett G, always hold on to Smallville, Estevan G, DJ Kento, uh, Garrett W, Kimberly L, Justin S, Tom N, Tony V, Rodolfo V. I wonder if it's the I and the L. I hope nobody else joins that yeah, has that. Was messing up. To... Jason W, Osama A, Lana rhymes with banana. W, <laughs> Nancy D, Brian G, Justin T, and Lucio, Amanda R, Teddy127, Michael P, Ryan R, Grumpyitis. Gotta be careful with that one. Jordan M, Hillary B, Craig G, Christy R, Karen P, Derek G, Jorel, my father. Nice to hear from you. Jer, uh, Richard S, Heather and Greg, Nico P, I made talk, will say, buts. And how could we forget good old Brian H. Hi, Ending Camp. Eric K., Clark's mom. That's what she said. Kristen B., <laughs> Takashi M., Kevin E., Nanine W., Stephanie K., Darth Achilles, Finky, Mickey T., Stephen F. Damn, who's that? Jeanette E., even Jason liked that one. Dead Vid, Allison H., General Zod, Luke, formerly Lucian. The Daily Planet goes to 11. Arachelles or Arachilles R., Big D., she said. John Glover's Luscious Maine, Doug R., Carissa, uh, Carlos C., Tommy Z., Boston 68, Isabel, Corey L., Ivy, and Sam. Mr. Home Arcade, Cal T., Amanda K., Jesse C., Lumber, Jack, Claire M., fourth favorite character, underscore Zoe, we love you, Scott S., D. Brown, Joshua W., Alice, be kind. Please rewind. Please rewind. Uh, Karenina? Karenera. Karenera M. Eldon Eldon Supremo. Eldon Suprema, Leslie V, that's your taking over. Tatiana S, Robert G, Natalia G, Julie Jules, and Mick Burtz. Ginger, I can't even read. Ginger Moose. Moose. That sounds like a porn. <laughs> Leslie and Jordan, Christoph S, Katie B, Michelle M, Drew, Camille, Brittany S, Smolyak underscore Sassy underscore B-Boo, Marisol P, Adam S, and Michael R. Is that another Michael Is this Rosen? a thing? I mean, it, is this the fun thing to do? Because when I joined your Patreon for your other podcast, I didn't make up a crazy name. Yeah, I guess I joined. Uh, I guess I'm a patron. Everybody knows it now. Michael R., who are you? <laughs> are you me? We'll have to find out. Hey, thanks. Uh, we'll be in Chicago very soon. So check us out on um, April, I think, 1st and 2nd or something like that. And uh, come see Tom and I at C2. What's it called? E2. C2E2. And it's uh, Chicago. It's going to be a blast. Come to Chicago. It's the midway point of everywhere in the States. And we'll be signing and taking pictures. We take a lot of selfies and it's a blast. So we'll see you there. Kristen Tom, and Erica will be there as well. Kristen and Erica will be there. Come on. Join the Smallville family. Uh -huh. We love you. We'll talk to you later. <laughs>